My name is Michael Sullivan and I'm your host for today. Welcome to a unique Evolution Exchange podcast. This is our first Talent Manager episode. Today I'm joined by a slightly smaller panel to discuss how to hire engineers effectively in a remote environment. The, the time is 12, 20 past 12 on Wednesday the 27th of July here at Evolution HQ in my hometown of Birchwood in Warrington. It's a pleasure being on, on this podcast today with such an interesting topic um, to discuss remote hiring strategies in this climate. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. I'd like to know who you are, what you do and also what you're passionate about. And let's start with you, Andrew. Great. Thanks very much for the invite. Uh, so I'm Andrew Boyd. I'm currently head of talent acquisition at Zopa Bank. Um, we're uh, a fintech unicorn um, that raised 500 million um, at early investor stage from the investors of, of Slack, uh, Uber and Alibaba, to name a few. Um, we so my role is is um, uh, covers all aspects of talent acquisition, employer branding, talent uh tech and 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 recruitment delivery um i've been in recruitment since 1999 fell into agency recruitment uh, having returned from a ski season in france and uh spent um 12 years or so in agency recruitment covering finance and, and interim management recruit uh, hiring before uh, moving in-house i've worked in rpo and in-house roles since then um at a variety of um of, of large and and uh, scale up businesses so covered um, fmcg uh, uh, financial uh, fintech insurtech and, and medical research predominantly um the last kind of seven years or so have been in increasingly um senior leadership roles um up to this point um yeah out, outside of work two young children keep me very busy um football coaching is something i've been drawn into um and uh, and i'm really enjoying now but uh, my my passions outside of, of family commitments are um supporting my local football team oxford united um home and away where i can um and, and then keeping fit largely cycling uh, and skiing when i can fantastic nice to have you on andy and and over to you pete great thank you also for having me on the podcast so my name's pete zutalt i am the senior manager for imia and apac at godaddy I've been in recruitment since 2004, so similar, my first six years were agency side, placing into financial services and technology corporates. In 2010, uh, moved in-house as that talent acquisition world was growing. So over the last 12 years, I've worked at a number of uh, big FS and technology corporate environments. Um, I look after everything talent acquisition, so that's uh, partnering with employer branding, HR, as we roll out our strategy for GoDaddy and focusing on tech corporate hiring. Um, outside of work, also really enjoy sports. So I cricket coach local under 11s and rugby coach under 11s, which is hugely rewarding and a bit of downtime outside recruitment. Um, also enjoy getting away holiday time. So we had our first ski trip to Norway, which is great and looking to follow up with another ski trip next year. Fantastic. Pleasure to have you on as well, Pete. Okay, so now we've established, you know, who we are in the context of, of, of what you guys do. Let's let's get straight into the questions around the topic, how to hire effectively in, in a remote environment. And if you'd like to start with your question, Pete. Sure, thank you. So just to Andrew, 
Uh, GoDaddy has found sourcing and hiring engineers much easier for roles that are fully remote versus a city location in each country, especially in Eastern Europe. Have you found the same at Zopa Bank? Yeah, so um, so, so I, I guess I've got two experiences that I can reflect on. Um, my current time at Zopa and, and um, my last role um, for an insurtech business. So um, currently our roles are um, what you would describe as, as hybrid. So mm-hmm. we have a London HQ and um, predominantly hire um, within commutable distance of, of that office. Um, we have a, a, a small tech hub in Barcelona as well. Um, which we're, we're we're actively growing, um, so have, have more experience of recruiting remotely I- into that location. But my my role prior to Zopa was with an insurtech that was um, fully remote. So um, we had an office location, but uh, but everyone was employed on a remote basis. So I can reflect on on kind of experiences across both of those. Um, I think you know for me the you know what i've learned over the last couple of years and and with the changes from office based through hybrid to to re- fully remote um, in some instances is just the absolute need to be a crystal clear um at the very beginning of the process what you're offering and i think that's where i've seen businesses trip up um just being a, a little bit ambiguous on what hybrid means or um you know what it sounds silly what remote genuinely means and mm-hmm. Um, what that means in terms of the, um, the the expectation on you as an employee, what yeah. it means in terms of what you will get from the company back in terms of collaboration tools, collaboration opportunities, and um, ways of working, um, and you know what it means for engagement and 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 culture and um, and that side of things. And I think you know just going out into the market and talking about hybrid or talking about remote is is confusing for candidates and and leads to i think um uh concern um but also potentially wasted time um, on both sides so i think you know, my first learning has been that going to going out to market with an opportunity requires you to be far more upfront about what you're offering um what the ways of working look like at, at the company um i would go as far as say what what far more clarity on on salary and location as well um but just being up more upfront perhaps than than previous on on you would previously have been on on um, on culture and, and just be more captivating earlier um with your sales pitch um but but, but i guess on on to the question specifically in terms of hiring individuals that are fully remote i think we We've definitely found it, um, both at my last company and, and now where we have done, um, more straightforward to go out to the market with a fully remote opportunity. I think it gives you broader access to, um, or, or access to a much broader talent pool, um, clearly. Um, and you know, I, I have definitely found firsthand that um, there are more candidates in the market now that are expecting that fully remote proposition. Um, from you. Now, I do think there are still um, a significant number of candidates that want to have that anchor to a location. And we've um, surveyed our uh, engineer um, population recently and found that, that, you know, there is still at least, you know, 40, 50 percent of our employees that want to have a tie back to an office location. Um, So it's not that everyone, I think, is expecting to be fully remote or is wanting that necessarily. Um, but I definitely think there are positives. The, the ability to, you know, if you're looking at the UK, explore uh, talent pools outside of the southeast, um, not necessarily having to um, 
to be anchored or tied to a, a London location. And then as you go out into Europe, um, if I think back to to my time in in um, uh, medical research, we were increasingly pushing out into Central and Eastern Europe when hiring tech talent and I think had started to have to look beyond the more traditional countries, Poland, for example, um, based on competition and, and salary increases and uh, and start to step into newer territories for us at the time, Bulgaria, Hungary, um, even some of the Baltic Baltic states, but but definitely the benefits of looking fully remote and, and the access to a much bigger talent pool um, uh, made made hiring a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, and I can echo that because it's been quite interesting when we had a focus in GoDaddy where we are looking through mergers at some opportunities within Europe. Now, interestingly, uh, we have two two countries of focus, India being one and Eastern Europe, if I put that together, is Romania, Serbia and Bulgaria. And and, and if I sort of come back to the question in terms of, of looking at engineers, we're talking here like DevOps, front-end, React, back-end, PHP, Java, Python. We really struggled when we looked at specific cities. So for Romania, we were looking at Yash and Cluj. Serbia, we were looking at Belgrade. And uh, and in uh, Bulgaria, looking in Sofia. And when we went with the adverts for specific cities, we struggled to get passive candidates applying. And when we were attracting searches and looking to go to market, they weren't so... Uh, readily looking. We had some of the challenges with Ukraine anyway for Eastern Europe, but generally we sort of had a bit of a quarter one huddle to think, okay, when it's city specific, people give us uh, less interaction and we have less options, obviously. We then pivoted to open up remotely. So we'd still stay on those three core countries, but didn't have a city specific location. We kept it as remote. Uh, some of these DevOps and engineering roles we know are challenging anyway, especially as we go into new countries and especially if there isn't a recruiter locally on the ground. But we found opening up remotely in each specific country gave us more options for candidates to look at where they were like, actually, with the full overview at the beginning, the advert explaining what remote actually means and what is set up from that laptop, device, IT, et cetera. We, we were able to fill roles that had been aged at 70, 80 days to then have candidates that would be applicable, interested to have a conversation. And then when they came through the assessment process, actually giving us um, some good caliber of candidates who were interested in GoDaddy and coming into the assessment process. So I think if we hadn't given ourselves the option of remote, I think we would have struggled in Eastern Europe to get a hold of um, candidates to engage with. We still have one or two where our city specific in Yash, where they're like needed to be on site and it's more of an IT focus. But those are ones where we can't flex on remotely and, and continue to have different options of hiring. But opening it up, Andrew, I agree, gives us the capacity of a, a wider candidate pool and then looking to match what candidates are looking for in terms of roles, expectations on uh, salaries, as well as the actual technical skill sets we need. I think the point you make about having a recruiter on the ground is yeah. is quite an important one, and that was one that um, that was a lesson that we learnt uh, going back a a, um, a few years now. That that actually having that local presence really did help um, you know, culturally. Um, yeah. you know, really understanding the lie of the land, um, and was one that we hadn't really considered, and and had had recruitment hubs 
in two or three locations across Europe servicing the whole continent. But actually, once we started to move away from that hub model and put recruiters in a, a um, larger number of individual countries, we had a lot of success um, or we had more success engaging local candidates. Yeah, yeah that's a good shout. We, we have two dev centers to be building, one in India, one in Eastern Europe. And, and, and right now we have a strong recruiter in Romania covering Eastern Europe. So the plan is uh, we hire a second and potential third just to help with uh, the growth focus because um, local to local makes such a big difference. We try and keep it the same delivery on the interview process and the onboarding and the stuff we talked about. But local to local helps one with languages and also understanding candidates' expectations. In Romania, you pay a 13th month. In India, you break up the CTC salaries. So it's just quite interesting for us to have a... Uh, to have the dynamics with a local recruiter and a local country hire helps us to have that engagement and the process as a tighter run. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, gents. Absolutely fantastic opening question, Pete, and, and, and great answers from you both. Um, let's move on to the next question. It's from our own talent manager, Nick Roberts, here at Evolution. And she has asked us for the guys, how do you ensure that someone understands the company culture fully when hiring remotely? Yeah, good question. So this is absolutely critical and um, Andrew and I will discuss more. But when when we're hiring remotely, we've now moved away over the last 18 months into the pandemic to have the first day in the office, meet and greet, huddles with a coffee and, you know, we, you know, one induction sitting with somebody what we try and do is a couple of things during the sourcing process and, and the interview process. So our adverts, we want to be very uh, detailed in terms of what our culture is all about. We talk about how we hire in each country remotely, what the job entails and what we're looking to do in terms of making somebody feel comfortable when coming into the GoDaddy family. Um, the assessment engagement is really critical for us. So the first sort of meet and greet will be with the recruiter to just CV screen, talk about the candidate skill set. But we also want to talk about what the candidate is looking for to make sure it fits in with our values and our culture. Um, you know, we have a very flat hierarchy. We have a very open door policy and we want to develop from within. So we, we, we want to keep communication very fluid from the first initial talent acquisition. Hello, interview. Let's talk about your CV, technical skill set and competencies, high level. We also give them an overview about GoDaddy and how we try and keep local as specific as possible, knowing we're a global tech corporation. We sit with 10,000 employees globally and have up to 21 million customers using our web domains and growth portals. So that the culture part is a massive sell point for us on why people want to come and work at GoDaddy, get involved with our products, get involved with our culture. We also then have a focus on our assessment panels when we want to be looking at gender and ethnicity and having a broad spectrum of talent. We want to make sure that candidates see that with the GoDaddy process, you know, their first, second, third touch will be on a Zoom will be virtual and they'll be meeting a hiring manager, a second senior colleague and a third and fourth senior colleague. So we have obviously our part, as Andrew will concur, in selling us as a corporate, what we can give them at GoDaddy and what the culture is all about. But importantly, we want the candidate to be overviewing us with what they're looking for, where, you know, we can tell them about internal teams we have to do stuff outside of work in each country. We have obviously an intranet internally where we share 
half year wins, quarterly incentives, everything we do on a divisional basis, be it talent acquisition, HR, as well as a business tech, DevOps, whatever specific it may be. And then we also have time with our leaders. So we have our um, CEO, Aman, who will talk on their induction onboarding week one. We have our CEO, Chief People Officer, Monica Bailey, as well as our CTO, Charles Bendel. All three of those are representing and speaking at our uh, virtual event in India, which I mentioned before. So the culture part embeds in us really securing the right candidate and helping us keep that right candidate. So when we have year one, year two, year three, they feel they have a progression path. And I think the front steps of the engagement, the interview process before we get to offer close and is this going to be a move somebody's potentially wanting to do, we talk through that company culture within every point of contact with them from hello entice would you look at GoDaddy to second third and fourth interview stages so everybody is super comfortable that when we have the decision making of are we going to accept this role and move into a new company which is a big step in people's lives do they have as much cultural overview as we uh, we would expect having talked about it in detail and then when hopefully coming on board there is a two-week induction led by our onboarding but each specific division will have time for their hire so they'll have a one-on-one buddy for the culture and then they can get that overview into the business itself great thanks and i think uh, you know building on on what you've said, Pete, you know, for us, it's absolutely um, building that engagement from that very first contact that a candidate mm-hmm. has with the recruiter. You know, it is a it it is a two way conversation, and yeah. you know, part of that is is genuinely you know really understanding what the candidate is looking for, um, you know, what motivates them, inspires them, why they're interested in in the opportunity that that we've um, put out into the market, um, but just starting that that kind of slow kind of dripping away um of 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 information about our culture our values um you know how embedded they are in everything we do so that the candidate is starting to to um become aware of 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 not just what the role is but what it's it's like working at zopa what it means day to day and then taking that that kind of thread through from that ta um, you know that first interview, that first conversation with a member of the talent acquisition team, through the the, the full interview um, and assessment process, and we've we've revamped our recruitment process recently for um, for our um, tech function, mm-hmm. um, recognizing that you know, putting a, a tech test up front is is not going to help build engagement um, in in the, the the recruitment process and continue that thread for, through from the the recruiter conversation. So um, we switched switched our process around, made made some pretty significant changes, and and we've had really positive engagement um, scores as a result of doing that. So so the first step of that process is is um, a uh, a, either virtual or face-to-face meeting with a, one of our heads of software engineering. And a significant part of that is talking about the values of, of Zopa, um, what the culture is like, what someone can expect day-to-day um, working, not just kind of company level, but but within the individual team um, and, and how the teams collaborate, um, the tools, the, just the, the, the general ways of working. We then get through that into the, the pair programming, the system design, activities that mm-hmm. we, we need as part of that process but then we bookend the the process with an opportunity for for candidates to speak to one of our vps um and so vp of engineering in this case just to reconfirm that that the importance of values um culture you know what it means to be a, a zopian 
um, at Zopa. So that it's it's kind of starting that journey that then continues through their pre-boarding and onboarding period. Mm-hmm. Um, now, our, our onboarding process at Zopa is something we're actively looking at at the moment. We've got a really engaged group um, of, of people from across our people function, talent acquisition and the business looking at that figuring out how we can can improve that engagement because we um, <clears throat> we have a lot of the things that you talk about induction sessions you know yeah. welcome sessions senior leaders talking but I think it's something that we um, would like to do a uh, more streamlined um, uh, work with or we would like to to, to kind of run a, a, a little bit more um, effectively from here but it is absolutely recognizing the importance of of uh, ensuring someone understands that company culture yeah Good shout. And the hacker rank test I completely align to because it's interesting, Michael, when you approach tech talent, they need to pass this hacker rank test to be able to do the role ideally. And obviously we we, we all approach passive talent and, and want to sell them the GoDaddy or the other company's opportunity. But to give them a hacker rank test straight off the bat without actually meeting them or having a recruiter intro isn't always the most proactive forward so we find exactly the same that with the recruiter meeting and talking about the opportunity then it's either a business interview or 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 that hacker rank test so we make sure we have you know candidates that are uh capable to do the role because we we never want coming in a devops or an engineer that um cannot pass those tests so they are critical to to, to balance on the early stages when to put on that test because it can be 90 minutes to an hour and a half of a candidate's time to conclude those tests. I suppose what's good as well with with um, video interviewing like this, technical share the screen interview, give them mm-hmm. you know, a 20 minute coding puzzle to solve live and, and you know watch them do it and ask or even ask them technical questions while they're doing so. It seems to be a good way of doing it um, for companies at the moment. Um, but yeah, Nick, if you're listening, hope you will be. I hope you've got some uh, really good content there and, and maybe take something forward with our hiring strategies at Evolution as well from, from the guys. Um, so let's move on to the next question from, from yourself, Andrew, if, if you'd like to go. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'd be interested in, in hearing what you're doing, Pete, um, to make your in- interview process inclusive for, for both diverse and neurodiverse candidates, because it is something that we're um, very actively looking at at the moment at Zopa. Yeah, really good question. So there's a couple of things for us to think about here, um, and I'll break it down in sort of three parts. First part, I think, is the representation in panels. So our interview panels at GoDaddy, and, and we focus here on the gender part, the ethnicity part, and the neurodiversity part. When we approach diverse candidates, we want to make sure when they meet those uh, interview panels that we're we're having that representation across those three parts. I think the second part important to think about is the capability of everyone. So the the panel that's interviewing, have they had the right training and have they got the right capabilities to allow us to assess in the right ways? Because we need to be able to measure how we're going to be interviewed, what style we're going to be coming across at and how we focus on neurodiversity being a big part, you know, what the feedback is from the candidates. So depending on the level we're hiring, both from entry level up to VP, we do a lot of feedback measuring as well from the candidates. Now, if we think about the assessment process we go through, obviously we hire one candidate, so there'll be 98, 99% that are unsuccessful. 
So we are looking at the feedback of what do the unsuccessful candidates saying to us? How did they feel about the panel process? How did they feel about their representation, especially when we look at the ethnicity, gender and neurodiversity? It's also quite interesting on the diversity part. What, what, what were women's feedback versus, you know, the male feedback and um, how how did they feel on on the successful or non-successful feedback forms? And we've looked to structure how we assess because, you know, we don't want to be just reliant on skills and experience. When you and I know we're assessing for a DevOps front end developer, you know, the candidates generally at first, second, third interviews will have the skills and expertise that we're looking for. So we focus on actually what's the capability and potential of these candidates. And especially with a neurodiversity hat on, there's a lot of strong talent in that market and how we can really focus on looking at, you know, what is their potential to really look at coming into this role and being able to develop them. So we've had a focus on our entry level roles of thinking, where are the panels and the candidates actually able to evolve and grow and and partner within GoDaddy. So I think for me, Andrew, it's it's those three main parts of right. What's the representation in the panels? Because if we're going to a passive market and we've got four middle-class white males interviewing a diverse panel, it's not really representing GoDaddy. And then what is the capability of those panels? We, we're putting together training and structure around hiring managers that they know what to look for because they'll meet candidates that can do the role on paper. But what is the capability and potential of the candidates uh, that may not be fully trained up in a front end DevOps role and, and have, you know, a strong neurodiversity skill set that we can look, help them develop into the role themselves. So we also have a big part on the uh, candidate feedback and looking at what um, the unsuccessful say as well as the successful so that we can, you know, engage and pivot on where are we going to make sure that our process is really diverse and neurodiverse for all candidates we attract and to apply for our roles yeah great thank you i i think you know from from um from from our perspective at zopa we're doing a lot of very similar things mm -hmm. i think the, the the point around diversity on on interview panels is is critical and that's yeah. something that i've seen um uh multiple companies look to address and yeah it's, i think it, it makes a significant um difference um yeah we're hearing that in in uh, candidate feedback. I think building building capability is very important. Um, uh, and I think again, um, you know, being able to interview, being able to um, you know dig deeper into understanding um, candidates beyond just the the kind of the top layer of technical yeah. capability is is really important. And and that training is that that we're um, delivering to to hiring managers at Opa covers. Um, DNI um, and uh, covers bias and and mm -hmm. you know multiple areas that are, I think are, are really important to to be aware of. Um, we're also um, considering how we can do a better job of of providing candidates with insight into the recruitment process, mm -hmm. not just talking through the the you know, these are the three stages, two stages, four stages that you'll go through, but actually providing more information on the topics that we're going to cover within each interview, potentially even the questions that will be asked. So candidates, um, and particularly neurodiverse candidates, um, yeah. have got more of an opportunity to to prepare in advance and 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 be their their best selves in those um, in those sessions, um, giving candidates the opportunity to um, 
shape the format as well to some mm -hmm. extent if it's going to be um virtual you know, is, is zoom the right format for them versus yeah. a phone call and i think we, we can't flex everything but we'll do our mm -hmm. best to to meet um uh or, or to provide the best experience for for, for a candidate's requirements um yeah and just i think very simply asking up from what what support they need to yeah. um uh, to be a success as they come through the the process and that's not something we've done before but it's a very simple um addition to to kind of the early part of uh, the process for us so um yeah i think i think the remote world has has made it easier for lots of candidates to mm -hmm. you know to interview and come through recruitment processes now and um you know it's great it's it's it gives candidates an opportunity to fit um interviews as much as possible around their their working day and and perhaps not have to take half a day off or a day off and and, yeah. and be more creative um and potentially um you know with with some tech talent that that um you know may not be as comfortable for, in a face-to-face -face environment and prefer that remote working environment give them a uh, an assessment or an interview experience that matches that uh, remote requirement as well as, as as proven successful i definitely think there's more we need to do in this area um we're looking at uh we are looking at some of the exercises that we we run and um, candidate assessment exercises we run to ensure that um, they are set up to enable all candidates to be successful, not just candidates from a certain background or of a certain gender. Um, and, and that's something that we, again, continue to work hard to, uh, to understand more fully. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And we, like you guys, just educate the hiring managers well. We have many new hiring managers with their first hires and first teams. And this is such a big area on, you know, gender, ethnicity and neurodiversity that while our client base and your client base is evolving in society it's important that the business mirrors that and when we approach these candidates we're able to give them a really positive experience out of the 30 to 40 we meet and only hire one you know those 39 will have a process with us and, and hopefully a strong engagement that when they revisit GoDaddy there may be another potential role for them but they've had a positive experience in terms of their skill set and the potential of capability development for them, I think, is important for for us and and you guys when looking at those engineering's talent, because on paper they can do it, but the capability part and the potential part is something really exciting for the remote piece that gives candidates more opportunities and us as well. I'm, I'm interested in in what what you touched on before as well, Andrew, talking about bias. Um, I know one company that has three separate interviews in the interview of 90 minutes, th three thirty. 30-minute interviews and if one person vetoes you know that's it so I just wanted to ask about your strategies around bias and how you how you try to counteract it and um, education is is one of the most important areas as we've talked about upfront making sure people are um, aware of bias and their own personal biases um, that that may creep in um, to any kind of um, uh, assessment process um, I also think you, you can't um, place enough value on on a proper wash-up session at the end of a recruitment process where um, all participants in that process come together and, and are able to share um, their personal feedback but also challenge the the feedback of others so you know I think it, it doesn't then just become one person's voice dictating the, the the final hiring decision but it's it gives people with different backgrounds different um, uh, different experiences um, 
potentially you know, different levels of experience and opportunity to have an equal input into into the decision um, and challenge um, bi potential bias uh, from others. So I think that's a really important part, empowering everyone who does take part in the um, the assessment process um, to have an equal voice and, and be able to feel that they can stand up and, and challenge others. Yeah, and on that, Michael, that there's also the whole part of unconscious bias where people don't even realize that, you know, the conscious versus unconscious bias. We have tended to see, certainly over the last 20 years, people hire like for like, and the whole overview on making sure we have that inclusivity is so refreshing because when we have different people from different backgrounds, guess what? They bring different ideas. And there's been a number of reports rolled out saying, you know, a diverse team is more successful than a non-diverse team because otherwise it's the same people who are similar with the same ideas. And I think, you know, Andrew and I would have seen over our careers when we are partnering with our businesses, it's so important to have that diverse uh, focus when bringing in talent into teams, because otherwise, you know, the, the, the bias argument has been thought about and the unconscious bias people aren't even aware of. And that's why the education piece that we do with the hiring managers to think, OK, how will it open up my team a lot more looking at the potential and capabilities of diverse candidates is really important because it'll end up having a more successful team, better ideas, better rollout of, of whatever specific function they look at. And um, it's an important strategy as we go you know, to market. Yeah, we, we're a, a bank with, you know, we've issued over 300,000 credit cards you know, the last couple of years, we've got a very diverse mm -hmm. um, customer base and it's it's not really important. It's critical that our employee uh, employee base represent that that diversity as well so that we're able to um, think, create, develop products, business strategies that, that reflect the diversity of our customer base, not just um, uh, the diversity of, of, you know, perhaps that all white male um, mm -hmm. middle class you know, team that uh, that may have existed in the past. So um, yeah, I, th I think it's critical. And I think another thing we've we've done with success is is just um, challenge our hiring managers to be able to answer questions about diversity in their own teams and and how they've approached managing diverse teams, supporting diversity, diverse employees. Yeah. To get them to think more about. Um, uh, you know what what that will mean and, and be equipped to talk to candidates not just about what the role is like day to day what being as opian is like day to day but actually um what their own personal experience of of working in a diverse environment is and and how they will support uh, someone coming in um either with a different socioeconomic um or, or ethnic diversity background yeah and then we as you guys well i'm sure have those role models as well so we've done an exciting branding piece on as we go into Bulgaria, we have a DevOps lady who we um, have done a spotlight on both inside and outside work because we want to be able to show when we go to the market how different the diverse setup is we have in each location, be it uh, Eastern Europe, India, you know, UK or or the US. So the role models in the companies themselves and the leaders within GoDaddy that have that diverse background and mindset helps to actually have the clarity that it's not just verbal, we're going to be diverse because everybody is in the market, but actually our leaders come from that diverse background, mirroring, as Andrew said, what our client focus is like with the amount of entrepreneurs opening domain and websites, starting up businesses. 
from all countries and all backgrounds, we we have that representation within GoDaddy, and it's important to be able to show that in the culture and brand. Absolutely spot on with, with the question, Andrew. And yeah, like you said, it's it's not just really important; it's critical to businesses of, of all natures moving forward. Hope you, uh, you 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 took something from from Pete's answers too. Um, so moving on to our final question, it's from our CEO here at Evolution, Gareth Morris. Um, and he has asked, and this can be not just engineers, we, we can also include your own direct reports, your own your own talent teams. How do you ensure a collaborative team culture in the remote working environment? I think this is something that's, that's proven really difficult um, over the last few years. And I've, I've, as I'm sure many managers have, tried multiple things that have succeeded or failed to to varying degrees or a lot of things that um that i'm sure we all um employed at the beginning of of um uh various lockdowns to try and bring teams together remotely uh, for the first time and um and i think a few of those things have 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 continued and and a few of those things have 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 not passed the test but um i you know on a personal level i think having a number of touch points through the week where where our team, our TA team, come together and talk, but talk about different things, and are very clear on, um, you know, Sorry. the purpose of the call and 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 you know what they can bring to that call is very important. So um, we've moved from just having one um, weekly team meeting to having uh, three. Now each each team meeting has a different agenda and um, is. Uh, is 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 set up with a, a clear structure as i say clear agenda um one of those is 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 to talk about work you know to to reflect on on performance from the week before and 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 bring together um you know stories of success and challenges to to solve um one of those is is fortunately together in an office and face to face because we we um come in together as a team on a thursday and and have you know, a whole day together, which is is great, and gives us an opportunity to deep dive into a specific topic. So we we um, uh, we talk about something different every week, whether it's a process, whether it's a, a you know a sourcing tool, whether it's a, a market challenge, um, and then we have a Friday catch up where we um, we talk more socially and and it's slightly less structured, but is is a bit more of a, a kind of a weekly wrap up, and you know through trying different things like you know daily catch ups you know coffee mornings um uh i don't some companies have used donut on slack to to bring different people together and things like that you know this format that we've got now um i think has has really helped um i think alongside that it's just being really clear about how you're communicating as a team and and um your personal and team preferences so um, you know what we've found is that every every member of the team likes to work in a slightly different way, and it might be that they're more productive at a different time of the day, or different period in the week, or they like to communicate differently. So prefer email to Slack, or uh, prefer you know Slack to WhatsApp, or whatever it might be. Really getting all of that out into the open and sharing that, um, having a, a, a kind of a communication bible that you can fall back on and, and share with new starters as well so that they understand um you know how individuals within the team like to work i think it's been it's been really good um it's the first time that i've ever done anything like that you know over the last year or two um previously it was always just this is how we work as a team you know we're in the office so it's it's a more straightforward conversation to have 
Um, but I wouldn't underestimate how challenging it is to to maintain, you know, build and maintain that collaborative team culture. Um, you know, it's very easy for uh, for individuals. I think when when facing challenges to to drift a little bit and and feel um, disconnected from the team. So making sure that you're um, conscious of how people are are feeling, um, checking in more regularly, one to one as well, um, you know, is is really important. Yeah. Uh, echoing all from Andrew, I think it's been interesting because over the last certainly 20 years for us, it's been used to a commute in the office and having teams together face to face and a monthly team night out, etc. Uh, we we do and concur everything Andrew's talked through where we have obviously one on one check ins with our team and um, have time to just work with what each individual likes. It, interestingly, with GoDaddy, we have time zones where India come in before the UK, we have Eastern Europe two hours ahead, and then the US normally come in East Coast or West Coast at our 2 p.m. or 4 p.m. We we are very tight as a TA uh, team, both in the US and in EMEA. We work as a global one TA team. So we have like a monthly all hands call, which is super fun to talk about the wins we've had and the challenges. Uh, RVP uh, gives out a DDO, which is a David day off for individuals each month that have had a great achievement or a great call out. And it's just giving something a big extra outside annual leave, which which to share should be really thought about for other companies as well, because it's so nice to see people getting that. And then the following month, they share some photos and talk about what they did in their David day off, which is important. Um, and then the usuals of some virtual fun. We had a global TA bingo uh, session with an external vendor coming in that was super fun and prizes to be won. And then, um, you know, we, we, we stay close to make sure on the Slack channels, we obviously have groups talking about the wins and the shares and, and some of the opportunities we can think about for when it's not so easy and we're going into new countries or have some age requisitions for whatever reason. But I think the communication is the same for candidates as it is for the team structure and, and really have leaders that are very, um, not only positive, but fair with what our plan is. And we have, you know, a plan for H2 as we go into quarter three and quarter four of how we can really lead the business on the talent acquisition focus. Yes, we know what the requisitions and the numbers are coming, but for new hiring managers in new countries, how we can make sure we take ownership for that to get that specific process and and have that team culture happy because that will then spill into the business and spill into external candidates. And uh, it's it's that partnership and collaboration with communication and really staying close and having fun, right? We all work and we all work very hard, but the fun part is nice when we get together and have some downtime and try and do like a 10 pin bowling or something outside of an office environment always helps people to uh, enjoy what they do because recruitment isn't always easy when we're attracting talent that are having options and keeping the morale high and having fun incentives I found has really helped us as GoDaddy to just be as one TA team. Yeah, I th- just a couple of additional things that kind of come to mind as you've talked through that. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete, you know, sharing both strategy and performance, you know, I think are critical as well to to keep a team together in a remote yeah. environment. Being really clear on, you know, what we're aiming to do and how we're going to do it as a team, um, and having no no secrets there. Um, where possible, um, but also re- being really transparent with performance as well mm-hmm. and, and sharing that and talking about it as a team, not just um, individual performance in in one-to-ones. Um, 
And just, you know, it sounds very basic, but just starting those those individual one-to-one calls by asking how someone is and, you know, not just jumping straight into work or yeah. straight straight into the latest challenge that you need to address. Yeah. Um, you know, I think just opens up a, a, a richer conversation. Uh, so there's, there's small basic things, but... Uh, Agreed. Are. Yeah, and it does make a difference to have that personal relationship on what... what motivates them outside the work and how they're feeling because when we're not with people day to day and they're in the UK or Barcelona where you have some work and I have outside uh, the UK it's not always so easy on a Zoom when we're also assessing candidates daily our team are on calls back to back pretty much nine till five with some breaks but we always make sure people are given that time out to just get the fresh air. We've seen a huge amount as well in mental health to make sure people have that work-life balance because at least with a commute, you're leaving an office, coming back from the office, having time in a train or a car to just have that downtime. And we always have help within GoDaddy to maybe little things like try and work in the room where you don't relax and socialize in. Not, Not everybody may have other rooms or spaces but it's nice to have have the lounges downtime tv relax time and hopefully be able to be working into another room and then as andrew said getting into the office once a week twice a week is really nice just to be in a different working environment bounce off people with ideas talk about over a coffee and a bite to eat so yeah because if the collaboration isn't there it's very difficult to have the culture as tight so it's 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 keeping all those nuances together and staying close really helps i think the reality of of the the remote workplace is that it is harder for new hires into your company to engage mm-hmm. with your company with your team yeah. with your culture and if someone struggles to to get to that point of engagement full engagement um it's very easy for them to leave and yeah. i think you, you know, in a uh, an office-based environment, you might reach that point after one, two, three months. But I think in a remote environment, it, it could be three, four, five, six months before you get to that point of, of full engagement. And I think that's that's a risk for employees, for employers that employees don't have that same level of engagement. And it's easy to check in, and but it's equally easy to check out remotely. Um, so I think, you know, everything we've talked about is is absolutely critical. Yeah. And the buddies help. It's quite an easy win. And it's important to share on the podcast for others. A buddy is great just to have somebody that's not your manager, not somebody that you feel, um, you know, you have to be your best foot forward in probation, but somebody you can just ask all the questions right or wrong. And, and we're all on a learning curve in a new job. So mistakes do happen, which is fine, but you can approach anybody. But with a buddy, it's just helping that you've got a set check in outside the manager to, to, to have that relationship build, as you said, Andrew, to help keep people because, you know, talent coming in, we want to keep develop and have a successful career. And it's harder remotely generally than having FaceTime with people in an office environment. But um, yeah, that's a really good flag. Brilliant, gents. Any further questions for each other or, or any comments? It's been just really useful just to have time together on the podcast. It's been really interesting, you know, to just kick around some ideas on what is working and working well and what we can look to implement, you know, with that whole diverse portfolio. But also when we go into countries outside the UK, what works from a local perspective and um you know sharing ideas is always really useful yeah i think i think i'd echo that completely i've made a page of notes just as we've been talking <laughs> pete about uh, a lot of the things you're doing which um which i think i i can learn from or i don't think i know i can learn from so uh, yeah i i really value these opportunities to 
to talk. So that's that's the full house then, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um, all questions asked, everyone answered. Absolutely fantastic today. We've obviously covered collaborative team culture in the remote working environment, interview process inclusive of diverse and neurodiverse candidates how you ensure um, company culture is, is sort of endorsed when hiring remotely. And, and Pete's question at the start, um, hiring in, in remote locations, how you did it, how he did it, how he sourced, hired and onboard, onboarded um, engineers. So yeah, that's, that's me to close the podcast. Thank you very much, gents, today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, hopefully, I've, you know, Evolution can take something of it as well um if, if anyone's listening out there wishing to feature on a future podcast please connect or dm me on linkedin or email me at michael.sullivan at evolution-contract.co.uk